Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. This is Terry Wickstrom, and it's a beautiful sunny day after a snowstorm. I know there's a lot on everybody's minds, and we're going to cover some of that, what's open, what's not, some of the things that are going on, some outdoor opportunities. But keep in mind, things are changing on a pretty rapid basis. Uh, Colorado State Parks will join us at 930 right after that, that break, and they'll give us the most current update on what the status of their um, their facilities and activities are. Uh, you know, there's things going on. Rocky Mountain National Park, they closed it. So that's closed to the public now. Uh, I don't know if I 100% agree with that, but um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. But I think the thing to do right now is to, you know, follow the guidelines. Everybody, you know, pitch in, practice your social distancing, and we're going to get through this thing, and we're going to be fine. There's, you know, there's we have things that happen all the time, and everything's not going to be perfect. But let's try to stay positive and, you know, enjoy life the best we can, but be as responsible, as responsible as we can. And this is a great time to follow Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. We will be updating any outdoor closures, activities, restrictions as quickly as we get. Uh, Being in the media, we get a lot of news releases. We get a lot of direct calls from these agencies. So we will be doing uh, updating that on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Um, You know, in in Illinois, where they've got the the total lockdown in, in California and New York, a lot of those places are closing parks and public waters and because they're dead is don't want people out doing anything because they want to try to clamp down on this. We could we could see that here in Colorado right now. That's not the case. Uh, by the time I get home today, it, it might be. So stay, follow us, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, and we will try to uh, keep on top of it for you. And while you're sitting home, go to YouTube. Watch my my uh, my channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. About half the shows, there's about 130 of our episodes up on our YouTube channel, and about half of them were filmed right here in Colorado. The other half are destinations that when this whole thing clears up, you might want to, you know, go or uh, even live vicariously through it. But, uh, you know, it's cheap entertainment. If you got Comcast, all you got to do is uh, hit the microphone and go, uh, uh, the best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube, and they'll all come up. But anyway, speaking of my YouTube channel, let's go right to the phones. Somebody who is prominently featured on my YouTube channel, and I've had the pleasure of fishing with him many, many times, Bernie Keith. Good morning, Bernie. Good morning, Terry. Um, I have a little bit of a problem with what you just said. There's no way I'd know how to be responsible. Well, that's why we're putting the sheriff has put on extra deputies where you live just for that reason. So. Well, luckily for me, social distancing has just been a way of life forever. I don't. Yeah, the only but, dif- difference yeah. I know is I don't go out to dinner once a month. Yeah, well, social distancing <laughs> for you has been brought on by the people around you, not by you. So <laughs> yeah, those restraining orders don't mean nothing, Terry. All right. You know what, Bernie? And it's great to hear you laugh. And you know what? We've got to keep upbeat and be happy and just make the best of life and and enjoy because there's there's so many things out of our control. It doesn't make sense to just overdwell on it let's be happy and and enjoy things and you've always been good at that and spending time with it but the reason i got you on the phone is with this cold weather a lot of people's thoughts probably turned again to ice fishing 
or maybe the rivers even. And the waters are opening up down here in the metro area in the Front Range. A lot of the boat ramps are open. We'll talk more about that later in the show. But I'll bet there's still some pretty good opportunities up in that Granby area. You know, I'm kind of surprised today, Terry. It's Saturday morning. I just drove by the lake, and I looked across there. There's not a lot of people out there, and the ice is in incredible shape. Um, There's ATVs walking. You're not going to have a problem with anything, and the fishing is really good. You can go out there and catch a lot of fish. You have to work for the big fish, but if you just want to go relax and catch fish, that fishing is really good on our lakes right now. Um, they were just down on Williams Fork yesterday. Dan and Sam were they had a guided trip. Uh, Dan was telling me they caught 46 fish. Um, it, it was just it's just that good out there. The rivers are starting to open up. The spillways are fishing incredible. I was down below Shadow Mountain Spillway the other day, and uh, Kokanee and Rainbows they they just the little rainbows were a pain in the butt. But then you still got kokanee and a few browns up on the uh, pump canal. That's fishing well. Wolford's fishing well. Everything's fishing really, really well. You got to start to be careful with the ice, like down at Wolford and Williams Fork. You're going to have to start to be careful with that because a couple of warm days and them edges are going to get soft again. Yeah, I imagine that you have to be. You don't have to be careful anywhere, everywhere this time of the year. But I would think Granby and probably Grand Lake. It's pretty solid. And like you mentioned, ATVs going out on Granby. Uh, you know, you said they're catching a lot of a lot of those keeper size fish, those fifteen to twenty inch fish. And there's you know, and we talk about the, oh, they're little ones, but you know, people fish all over the state for ten and twelve inch rainbows. And uh, now they go up to the, up there and catch you know catch a whole bunch of those. Uh, those 15 to 20 inches and keep three or four to take home because that's a great size to harvest. Give us a few tips, maybe Bernie on where they might locate those fish right now and a few presentations. Uh, you know, there is a real good bite in that. There's two good bites going out there, 70 to 90 foot near edges on big flats. And then in real deep water, like that 150, 200 foot stuff, those fish are going to be suspended about, uh, anywhere from 30 to 60 feet. Most of them are going to be 50, 60. And on both those bites, you can use white twisters. Um, you can use tubes. Chartreuse stuff will work. I'm a fan of white over chartreuse, just I don't know why. Um, and, you know, spoons will work right now. Tip them with a small piece of sucker meat. If you're fishing suspended, fish above them. If you're fishing on the bottom, just fish on the bottom. Um, Keep, uh, if you're fishing suspended, just keep them away from the fish. They'll, they'll get aggressive and attack it. Uh, you might have to find out if you've got to reel it in or if you just fish it dead, stick it right above them or shake it, what you got to do. But once you get a couple doing that and that suspended bite, that's what they're all doing. And you have a shot for uh, two guys can get 60, 70 fish in a day. If you, It's all about locating that right spot. And that's kind of moves around around in the deep water wherever the school moves which dictates where the bites of shrimps dictate where the schools move so you just kind of got to look for that and drill a lot of holes but once you find it it's a blast well you know you mentioned one thing about reeling up and that's an old technique we used to use when hunting big fish and it works on smaller fish too we used to find one big fish on a hump and drop a great big lure to it and it would we'd watch on the electronics as it spiraled down or went down and as soon as one of those lake trout started moving up, we started reeling back up almost as fast as we could, and they would just come shooting up after it. Is that kind of the kind of the reaction you're looking for? 
It's pretty much so, but with the smaller fish, you don't want to reel too fast. I, I keep it nice, slow, and steady, and then fish will just come up, and they'll push it to you. Your bite will be lack of weight, but you'll notice it. You'll notice that that first time you'll go, what was that? And then you'll go, oh, I missed the bite. And then after, after that, it becomes pretty easy. Yeah, and when you find those, now what if you are looking for bigger fish there? Um, any tips on how you just got to spend your time, or is there um, any particular types of spots you're looking for? You know, I am moving and moving and moving. The other day we were out looking for big fish. I had two guys. I went, oh, I bet you I went through 70 holes, looking on humps, looking on flats, looking on edges. Finding the fish isn't a problem. Getting them to bite is a problem. So you just got to keep on looking and keep on looking. And when we did find a group that would bite, we had uh, two 30-inchers or around 30 and then 28. The two 30-inchers were a double. And then the 28 happened right after we let them 30-inchers go. And then that was it. Then we had to go looking for new fish again. So for, for me, it's just a matter of drilling a gazillion holes out there and looking for that one group of aggressive fish. Yeah, and you can kind of tell the marks are bigger and thicker. I mean, so you're looking for, there aren't going to be as many fish as when you see the small ones, right? There'll be just a, maybe one to five, is that what you see kind of thing? And then they're bigger marks? Oh, yeah, through the ice, you're just going to see one or two on your graph at a time. And then the frequency that you see them will kind of give you an idea of how many are out there. And the smaller ones, do you tend to see a little more more groups? Yeah, you can, you can see sometimes three or four. And once again, it's more the frequency of how often you're seeing them will tell you how much you're there. they're there. Because, you know, if, you, if you're constantly seeing one or two on the graph, then you kind of got the feeling, yeah, there's a lot down here. All right. Now, if I don't want to chase the, the, the lake trout on Granby, what would be my next best bet? You said that Williams Fork, I assume those were lake trout also, Um yeah, those were lake trout. Your, your next best bet, if you want to ice fish, would be um, rainbows along the shoreline. That rainbow fishery is real good. We were out there the other day, uh, probably a week or so ago, and we fished for them for a little bit. And I bet you within an hour we had 10. Um, it was it was real good. You know, that's a couple limits if you're keeping limits. They weren't big, but the, the, the action was there. Um then you always stand a shot at, uh, you know, if you get a two-and-a-half, three-pounder in Granby, I'd consider that a big one. So you always stand a shot at that. Now, you mentioned also the rivers and the spillways. Were you conventional fishing there or fly fishing? I, yeah, I was conventional fishing there. Um, I'm not a very good fly fisherman. If I fly fish, that means I don't really care if I catch fish. <laughs> so it's true. Um so I was using my spinning rod, and I was doing, I was really happy with the bite there. We were fishing ice jigs and bobbers, and like I said, we got so many rainbows, they were a pain in the butt. And then uh, we got some kokanee down there below Shadow Mountain, and that was, they were probably 11, 12 inches long, but there was quite a few of those, and then we got an occasional brown. But the fishing was just straight up very, very consistent. Now, as we move forward over to the next few weeks, first of all, let's talk. How long do you – I know we don't know. It's very weather-dependent. But how long would you expect that we can have a decent lake trout bite at Granby and, and access on the ice? You know, you might be able to get away with mid-April. 
I always tell everybody, fish till the end of March. You can plan on it. But then every time you come up after that, bring your long rods. Because if the, if the edges are getting soft, then you want to go fish the open water. One thing you got to pay attention right now that's really careful, if you listen to nothing else, listen to this. On the south-facing shorelines, the rocky shorelines, them rocks are absorbing heat, that ice is weak. On any shallow rocky humps, like three- to five-foot areas that have the big rocks underneath them, those are going to be weak spots there. And all along them rocky shorelines is going to be weak. So if you're on an ATV or a snowmobile and you're riding along them shorelines, you're probably going to lose your snowmobile and machine and get wet doing it. Yeah, so stay more out where the ice is more stable, right? It sounds yeah, co- it sounds counterintuitive and yeah. in deeper water. Yeah, it sounds more it sounds counterintuitive that you'd want to be in deeper water, but the shallow ice tends to get weak first. When when do you look where there will be open water fishing available? You think into April? I think it's going to be it's typically the first or second week of May, and I think this year is setting up to be the same thing. You know, we still had 14 degrees this morning. Um, right now, it's 23 right now at 9 o'clock in the morning. So, um, you know, I I still think it's going to be, it'll be the first week or two of May is my guess. If you pay attention to my Facebook page, when the ice starts to open up, I'll definitely put a lot of pictures up there and a lot of, a lot of reports up there. Now, uh, the last thing I want to cover with you is, you know, with all that's going on, a lot of things are changing very rapidly. Has there been any indication of closing any of those waters or areas up there at this time? No, I haven't heard of anything at all, um, and hopefully we won't because fishing is the one thing that you can get out and you can do the social distancing with. It's a way to get out in fresh air. It's a way to feel better, and it's a way to get rid of, um, you know, you just get out of the house and you feel better about yourself too. So hopefully they won't close them down. Uh, the A&S inspections do scare me because that's one more link in the chain that we'll have to deal with. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I you know what, I agree with you that um, getting outdoors, I hope they don't start shutting stuff down around here because, um, you know, fishing is kind of a automatic social distancing. If you're you're less than six feet away from somebody when they're fishing. You're probably getting in a fight anyway. So, <laughs> but yeah, but, exactly. But um, you know, there's a point, and if people are responsible, maybe maybe we can avoid that. But if they don't want people leaving their homes, we could run into just all our closures. And I mentioned to people, I'll keep things updated on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and we are going to have parks and uh, wildlife come on at nine thirty today and give us the biggest update. But a lot of our lands in Colorado, like the stuff up there, is national forest, right? Correct. So there's different entities. So unless we get a statewide close down, like Rocky Mountain National Park closed down, but that's federal. So, Bernie, um, be safe. Uh, enjoy the outdoors. And we'll keep in touch with you and what's going on up in the Granby area. Hey, Terry, you guys have a great weekend. Thanks for letting me be on the radio. Be safe out there. Stay healthy. We will. Thanks, Bernie. Bernie Keefe, of course, he's uh, always such a great resource for us on the show. Uh, you know, that ice fishing, I know a lot of you and the open water mindset, including me, but uh, you can make that last trip to Granby in the next two, three weeks. Get on some of those. I, I probably wouldn't bother to hunt for big fish. If I caught one incidentally, that would be fine. But what I would do is I would find a, 
those a bunch of those maybe in the 70 foot range because those that's easier to fish those 15 to 20 and a lot of times you get a 22 or 24 in with those and you can just have a blast and you're going to be out there away from the troubles and what's going on everywhere and you're going to be socially isolated so keep that in the back of your mind we'll take a quick time out we come back we'll talk about another interaction that's going on around here and that's coyotes and we'll talk about that and so much more on terry wicks from outdoors on 104.3 the fan yeah yeah oh yeah what condition my condition was in all right that's the first edition with kenny rogers kenny rogers passed away was it today or yesterday or last night it might have been last night but i just saw the uh, he passed away and of course uh, he had a long and storied musical career from the new christy minstrels all the way to being one of the top stars of country music. So uh, an icon passed away today. Our best wishes to his family. Now let's go right to the phones. Joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Cassidy English. And Cassidy, with all the troubles going on, we're going to talk about another critter that can give us trouble, aren't we? Yeah. Um, We're going to be talking about some coyotes today. You know, Colorado has a pretty um, robust population of coyotes or coyotes, however you want to say it. Um, uh, and they've, as we've developed out and as we spend more time outdoors, uh, we've, there's more interaction going on and people just really need to be aware, don't they? Yeah. And coyotes are really adaptive to urban environments. So it's not uncommon to see them, but with more people being home and being outside right now, um, more people are going to see coyotes and have those interactions. So it's really important to just be aware and know what to do around them. I think you're absolutely right. Hopefully, um, I did a post on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, a few days ago, and it said, you know, get out and take a walk. And while you can, take your kids fishing to a pond, you know, go out and enjoy a sunset. You know, for the most part, the outdoors is open. And and I know that they're encouraging people. We have a we have a very uh, extensive trail system through the urban areas into the foothills and even up into the mountains in Colorado. And those pathways uh, are used by a lot of small game and a lot of other things. And thus, as you're out using those resources, you're very likely to see coyotes, aren't you? Oh, very likely. Um, especially during dawn and dusk, those are the times that they're going to be most active. But you can definitely see them throughout the day as well. Now, I think most people in Colorado can identify a coyote. Um, Obviously, if they think they saw a wolf, they probably saw a coyote, right? Because we don't have wolves here. But is there anything, you know, specific so they know it's just not somebody's dog running? Yeah, um, so coyotes can look very similar, especially to, like, husky shepherd mixes. Um, But they're going to have more of a a natural look to them. So I guess that's, you know, the, the grays and the reds and the tawny colors. Um, and they're about the size of a small shepherd dog. So about 30 to 40 pounds. All and right. they should be acting really skittish around people. Yeah. And I, and I think most people have seen enough and understand enough where they will identify them. Now let's take this in two steps. How can you avoid them? And if you do have contact, what should you do now? How can you avoid them? And I guess that entails, also not luring them to your area, right? Yeah. So um, coyotes, just like um, all other wildlife, such as bears or mountain lions and stuff, um, there are steps you can do around your house to not attract them. So don't feed your pets outside. Uh, Don't leave garbage around. If you have a lot of bushes in your backyards, keep those bushes trimmed so it doesn't make um, a safe environment for them in their backyards. 
and and when they're they are uh, even fences, even a six foot fence, sometimes you have to put additions because they are good jumpers. I know that. Yeah, so six foot fences definitely deter coyotes, but if there's a high attractant item in your backyard or whatever, a very determined coyote can still climb or jump over that fence. So you, there's like special rollers that you can put on top of fences or PVC pipe. Um, so when they try to climb, they'll just fall back down and won't be able to get in your yard. Now, I know we're going to talk about dogs as you're out walking and things as we get to being out on the trails, but is there danger letting my dog stay out in the backyard or my cat? Yeah. Um, so f- for the most part, uh, coyotes will try to avoid backyards and stuff, but um, depending on the individual coyote, how habituated it is, it's possible it could still come in your backyard. So it's best to just go outside with your dog, um, especially the smaller dogs. And for cats, just keep your cats inside. Now let's get out on the trails. We're out walking the trails, whether I'm alone or in a group, and all of a sudden there's coyotes around. What time, is there any signals I should look for that they might be going to be a problem? I mean, how do I know that they could be overly aggressive or not? They kind of take us through what to look for, what the signs are. Yeah, so it's really common to see coyotes when you're out recreating on trails. Um, so what we determine to be an aggressive coyote is that they're approaching humans. So you might see one just running across the trail in front of you, but that won't be aggressive. But if it's approaching you and you're yelling and screaming at it, making yourself look big, making a bunch of noise, and it's still approaching you, that's going to be an aggressive coyote. Now, is there more danger with small children? Should we keep them in our group when we're in areas where there could be coyotes? Yeah, so with any um, wildlife around, you should let your kids or let your kids know how to act around wildlife and definitely make sure that they're staying with you and don't let them run ahead of you or straggle behind you on trails. Now, we're in an area, let's say, and there is an aggressive coyote or more than one. What actions should I take and what are other things I can do to avoid a confrontation? Yeah, well, if there's an aggressive coyote, you know, try to remove yourself from the situation. Don't run away from the coyote. Um, Keep facing it. Keep yelling at it, banging pots or you don't have pots and pans when you're out hiking. But sticks, um, air horns, you can carry bear spray with you. That works on coyotes as well. Um, And just back away slowly while you're facing it, continuing to yell at it and stuff. Um, And just go ahead. You can't. I mean, oh, go ahead. I said, go ahead. Um, you can't really like prevent an interaction if a coyote's going to be aggressive. Um, but you can just, you know, hike in big groups. But if you are hiking alone, just make sure you have stuff with you in case there is an aggressive coyote. Now, what about dogs on trails? This is a subject that comes up in the show a lot. I'm a dog lover. I've had dogs almost all my life. Um, but there's situations in Colorado where, first of all, your dog shouldn't be off a leash, and there's other situations where you may not even want to take the dog with you because I know in moose country, for sure, we recommend that all the time because moose are terrible with dogs, and there's so, almost every moose accident is, seems dog-related. How does that play out with coyotes? Yeah, so it's similar to um, coyotes. I mean, I have dogs, too, and I recreate outside, and I've had coyotes running along the path with I'm walking out walking with my dogs and stuff so just make sure your dogs are on a six foot leash no retractable leashes or anything um, so coyotes don't differentiate a domestic dog versus uh, another coyote so they'll see a dog and think it's competition especially if it's running around in the bushes with no humans around so it's really important to keep your dogs with you and 
I would suggest not walking your dogs in areas where there's a lot of brush where you can't see that far because there could be a coyote hanging out in the cattails or brush. And and this is just for safety for your animal, too, because coyotes will kill your pet. And, you know, I know you think, well, I want my dog with me and I, he loves to run. But you're putting that animal in danger, aren't you? Exactly. And we don't like to see pets get killed by coyotes either. I mean, I'd be heartbroken if that happened to one of my dogs. So it's best to just look out for the safety of your own pet and maybe keep them at home if you are recreating at dusk or dawn or in areas where there's a lot of coyotes. All right. Now, is there information on the Colorado Parks and Wildlife website if people would like maybe identification information on coyotes or other animal interaction? Of course. Um, If you go to our website, which is cpw.state.co.us, there's a lot of information, really good videos about how to deter wildlife such as coyotes and bears. And there's a lot of identification and just information about their biology in general. All right. Well, thank you so much. I think it's a good heads up because hopefully people will get out and use the trails and walk and get some fresh air and exercise. You know, we all need a little distraction and, you know, they're going to go crazy sitting in front of their TV sets with what's going on. And uh, it might be hopefully they'll do that, but they'll do it responsibly. Um, So, Cassidy, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And everybody stay safe out there and enjoy the outdoors during this time. All right. Thank you, Cassidy. Yep, right. Bye. Bye. That's Cassidy um, English from Parks and Wildlife. You know, in the outdoors, it's going to be, hopefully, we can continue to use it. And we'll keep you updated. In fact, our next segment after this, we're going to talk, we're going to get the most up-to-date information on the status status of Parks and Wildlife right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are going right to the phones and joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Rebecca Farrell. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well. We spoke just a couple of days ago, and I don't think there's been any material changes, but I know you're here to update us on the status of things at Parks and Wildlife. I guess, right, we're going to get into some details, but right off the top, has anything much changed in the last couple of days? Um, so not really. I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're muddling through the best we can, just like everybody else. And, and it's a really changeable situation. So, um, we're doing our best to update people when we do have major changes. And I know there are a couple of topics that uh, people are very interested in understanding, um, what's happening with us. And so our, our big message right now is just, you know, it's not lost on us that we're all working really hard to try and maintain some semblance of normalcy during this crazy time. And, and our team is, is working really hard to make sure that we're providing um, as best of a, a level of customer service as we can, even as, you know, a lot of our people are also working from home and, and doing all of those things. So, so if we may take a little bit longer to, to answer your emails or, or be on the phone, we're, we're, we're getting through just the same way everybody else is right now. And, you know, and I want to just put the disclaimer out there that by the time the show is over, the governor could issue a decree and things could change. But I am posting, I posted um, that you were going to be on today and I put the link to your uh, coronavirus site that Parks and Wildlife has in that post on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. So they can go and go right to that link or they can go to your page at Parks and Wildlife and go to the link. Uh, and we'll keep them updated, and I will post everything on my Facebook page. But as right now, let's talk about a few situations. First thing is we're right getting ready for the big game draw. Is there changes there? What do we have to be aware of? Is that going ahead? 
So it is going ahead as planned. Um, we do not have any planned changes right now to the draw, um, the application process, or, or any of that for our primary draw. Um, the one thing that we do ask people, and, and it's the same ask they're getting from everyone, right, is to utilize our online and phone resources as much as possible. Um, on CPW Shop, everything that you need to know is, is available to apply, especially if you've already applied before. There's no reason to wait until the last minute. Um, we also have a phone line that you can utilize, 800-244-5613, where people can help you register uh, for the draw on, on the phone if you don't have access to a computer. So, so that option is always available as well. Um, and, of course, you know, if, if at all possible, we, we want people to, to not visit our offices and, and not try and, you know, cause a, a logjam or a line where, where there's additional exposure within our office situations as well. Now, normally your call center is open for people who need a lot of help because sometimes early people who haven't done the draw very often need to be walked through a few things. Is the call center still available? Our call center is still open. Um, again, as you've mentioned, all of these things are subject to change. But for right now, um, our call center is open. We're working on some technology to make sure that even if we do end up closing um, offices entirely, that we still have resources available for people. So um, another thing that we've done this year is, is a lot of times we have a class that's available called Secrets of the Big Game Draw that people can attend live if they've never really um, applied before or they have questions. And so what we've done is we've basically made a video of that class, and it's posted right now on our Big Game Hunting page page on our website at CPW. Well, there's so many resources on CPW's website that if you sit and peruse it for a few days while you're sitting inside, you're going to be amazed. Uh, I mean, there's harvest information for big game. There's there's walk-in access information. There's game interaction. There's wildlife interaction. There's training. There's videos like how to debone an elk. I mean, there's virtually everything you would want on there if you take the time to peruse it. And you can purchase other licenses. Like right now, we're assuming that there's going to be fishing access, but fishing licenses run out in just a couple of weeks. Um, you should be going online right now and buying fishing licenses, right? Absolutely. And that's actually a really good point um, for our hunters. I know a lot of people do wait until we have our harvest statistics posted. Those are now the, the most recent data has been posted to our website. So if that was something you were waiting on, feel free to hop online, take a look through all of that and, and get your application done early if you can. Um, we don't want to have a log jam at the end, especially as resources are a little bit tight during all of this. So um, those are now posted and, and certainly are a great resource for our hunters to, to have in front of them. Um, to your second point about fishing, absolutely. Um, this year, um, our season dates changed a bit, so we had fishing licenses available starting on March 1st this year, so those are able to be purchased right now. You can buy those online, um, and so that's it's also a great way to kind of have the outdoor experience and still practice that social distancing, because if you're closer than six feet to another angler, you're probably going to have bigger issues than catching fish that day, <laughs> yeah. so it's we, a great we, opportunity we mentioned to, that to earlier have that social the, distancing. Yeah, and you know, and to go fishing, to take advantage of just getting outside. I'm going to talk to you in just a minute about the availability of our parks and what our feeling is and what's not available, what is. But there's a lot every there's a lot of small ponds and things throughout Colorado that people live across the street from or nearby or two blocks away that, you know, that a couple kids or a dad and a kid or a mom and a kid or um, mom and dad, whatever, can go sit on the shoreline with very basic equipment and catch fish. So there's opportunities, and we're going to talk more about those as time goes on, as long as they're uh, available. You know, just get out, and even if you take a walk on the trails around these ponds. But let's talk specifically about state parks. You know, there's little panic going on because they closed Rocky Mountain National Park, 
And uh, Illinois has closed all their public waters, but that state is under a total lockdown, which we are not in Colorado right now. So uh, barring further changes, what's the status of state parks right now, Rebecca? Sure. So right now, all 41 of our state parks are open, um, able to be attended, able to be enjoyed. Um, Again, we ask that people follow the exact same type of guidelines that you would follow if you were going somewhere indoors. Um, If you are sick or a member of your family is sick, please stay home. Um, Even though you're outside, it's it's not necessarily uh, making you immune to any and everything. Um, And also, you know, again, maintaining that that social distance from other people. Um, If you're on the trail, giving people a heads up when you need to pass and, and trying to kind of work through that and navigate that. Same with a bike. Um, and, and certainly, um, I, I'd like to put in a little bit of a plug for our friends who work for Colorado Search and Rescue teams. Um, now is really probably not the best time to, to partake in super high-risk activities, especially if they're new to you. Um, you know, we all have to keep in mind that, that we're going through this together. And there's a, there's a possibility that some of those uh, search and rescue volunteers may be impacted by closures or ill family members and things like that. And so um, try really hard not to tax that system. If you're a climber, this might not be a time to try a brand new super technical route and that sort of thing, because those resources could get taxed as well. Now, if I don't have a parks pass and I want either a daily or an annual, um, are the 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 little uh, houses open as you drive in? Are there kiosks? Should I buy it online? What are you suggesting there? So the easiest thing is is most of our parks do have those credit card pay machine kiosks. Um, that's going to be your your easiest and safest bet. I would expect that several of our visitor centers will be on a very light staff if they are open at all. At this point, um, we are looking to, you know, again, minimize some of that contact, keep our, our customers and, and fellow Coloradans safe, keep our staff safe. And so if there's a kiosk available, that is the easiest thing in the world to use when you're on site. Um, those that don't have kiosks often still have the drop boxes. And so you can certainly do the, the paper slips as well. Um, and so, you know, again, uh, things are available online and on your phone as well. So if you were to hop online and, and get an annual parks pass today um, and, and we're stopped by a ranger, you could certainly show that and say, hey, I, I've done my part to do it online the way you asked me to. Now, once you get in the park, if you do, uh, you know, if you're going camping, especially almost the entire park system is on the new system now. So you can go online or on your phone and reserve and pay for the campsite right there, I believe. Is that right? Absolutely. So our website, CPW Shop, is is really easy to use. It, it's it's been kind of re, uh, jiggered a little bit to have a little easier navigation. And you can purchase your park passes. You can make camping reservations. Um, you can buy fishing licenses. Small game hunting licenses are available as well. Um, the big game app process obviously is available through there. And another thing that has been, um, you know, bringing a lot of traffic to our office and, and we'd really like to mitigate is that registration renewals are available online now as well for your OHVs. Um, and we've had some issues with that system. We're, we're very aware and, and we're working through those, but we have a team. Um, those who are working from home are plugging away and pretty much plugging just through those account merges. And so, um, please try your registration renewals online first. And if you're having issues, um, you can email our help desk and give them exactly what's happening. And, and we've got people working behind the scenes to get those all caught up as quickly as we can before the end of the month. Now, once I get into the parks, you mentioned that many of the visitor centers will be closed. And that makes perfect sense. You don't want people coming into an enclosed environment and gathering. Some year, this is going to probably be park by park and change rapidly. What about facilities like bathrooms and if I'm in a camper area, showers? Has any of that been impacted yet? 
So at this point, no. Um, our restrooms are open. Certainly our vault toilets and all of those things that you would normally find are open and available. Um, from a supplies perspective, we, we feel pretty good about the, the supplies that we have on hand to maintain. But again, knowing that Rocky Mountain is closed, knowing that the governor is encouraging, as well as we are, uh, people to get outside and sort of relieve some of the stress of the current environment we're in, um, it would probably be a really good idea to make sure that you have some Kleenex in your bag um, for those wayward sneezes or sniffles, um, that you have hand sanitizer in your backpack if you can, if you've got one, um, and certainly just be cognizant that, that again, we're <laughs> We're only able to keep the park as clean as you help us keep it. And so um, anything that you can do to do your part as far as, you know, not using as many door handles or having that hand sanitizer in hand would really be helpful in this time. Now, and the last thing, and this is one I get, I'm getting asked about almost hourly, boat inspectors at the ramps. As of right now, are there any indication that we'll be closing down? I mean, this could change this afternoon. But as of right now, is the plan to have boat ramps open, to have inspectors, and is there any special protocol? Um, Yes, right now we are currently keeping our boat ramps open and and having those open for inspection as well. Um, Again, we're asking people to just have that that patience with the the distance that we're asking people to maintain. It's the same as if you're going to the grocery store. I was at the pharmacy yesterday and things were taped off to keep a good distance. So if you're asked to kind of stay back, please please listen to that from our inspectors. Um, You know, don't expect that they'll be leaning into your car to talk to you. They might ask you to get out and and do things a little bit differently. Um, I am working with that team to to have any additional updated protocols and on how they would like people to to respond to the inspections Um, and as soon as I have that we'll certainly post that on our website as well but right now um, again our goal is to minimize the disruption to outdoor recreation as much as possible and that does include boating all right and the last thing there is a coronavirus or COVID-19 dedicated um, page on Parks and Wildlife. If you go there, it's right on the front page. Just click on it. Go to Colorado Parks and Wildlife. In addition, I will post that. Uh, that link is on my Facebook page under the the posting I put that you were going to be on. We will repost that, and we will post updates also. Rebecca, thank you, and stay safe, and hopefully we can all continue to enjoy the outdoors in Colorado. Thank you, too, Chair. I appreciate it. All right. That's um, Rebecca Farrell from uh, Parks and Wildlife, always a great resource. So we really want people to enjoy things. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll have more outdoors on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too The gambler, asleep. Kenny Rogers, he so just passed away. We lost an stare. icon in the music industry. The the There's a lot going on. In fact, let's go to the phones right now. And join one of our longtime partners on this show. I just want to catch up with them and see how they're handling things and what's going on there. As Mark Kite from uh, Sun Power Sports joined us. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Terry. It's a sunny, beautiful day, and it's supposed to be a nice week coming up, and it'd be a great time to be out trail riding as long as they'll let us. Uh, First of all, what's the status there at Sun? Yeah, you know, it's uh, probably the same for everybody, you know. I mean, uh, it's the same thing here, you know. We... uh, we're doing our thing right now and uh, just taking all the precautionary measures to keep our customers and uh, our employees as safe as possible. And that's, you know, really, you know, what, what what's going on over here at Sun, you know. Uh, so, yeah, just just like everybody else, uh, on high alert, just watching things and, uh, you know, but it is business as usual. We're still, uh, still open and open for business and uh, we're still seeing quite a few people coming to the store. So it's, it's not, not terrible. 
Well, we're getting close to riding season, and this thing will pass. It's probably a good time to get some good prices on uh, off, off highway vehicles. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it's on. It's always a good time, and and yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, sometimes you know when things like this go down, it's it's nice to let your hair down a little bit, and you know that kind of a deal. So no, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've got lots of good stuff going on. The OEMs are doing a lot of things, and I think you know you've seen all the commercials with GM and Ford, and you know companies like that that are doing virtual type test rides and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, our OEMs are, are are absolutely fabulous, and they're doing a lot here at the dealership to to make sure that. Uh, you know, their customers are taken care of. Now, you've changed to summer hours normally pretty soon. What uh, what uh, what are your days that you're open right now? Yeah, so we're actually open six days a week right now, Terry. So we started that March 1st, and we're open Monday through Saturday. So Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturday from 9 to 5 now for spring and summer hours. Okay, and one other thing I wanted to ask you. Parks mentioned there's been problems, a little bit of problem with the OHV online registration and they really don't want a bunch of people all coming to the Parks and Wildlife. Um, they're trying to get it straightened out, but I believe you have uh, registrations available at Sun. Is that right? Yeah, we do. So we actually have registrations here, and we sell off-highway vehicle registrations here at the dealership. So, yeah, absolutely. I know uh, you know the state and government and county buildings are, are, are really struggling, and a lot of them are shut down. But, yes, we do sell off-highway vehicle permits right here at Sun. All right. And um, – for the most part, it's until we get further notice, and, and I'm going to keep in touch with all the partners on my show, Mark, and, and we'll keep people posted. But I think everybody's being cautious. They're doing all the protocols. They're keeping things disinfected. But until we are told different, we need to go out and live our lives in business as usual. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, uh, you know, want, don't want to get too political here. It's not my way. But you know, I, uh, you know, watched Governor Polo speak yesterday, and uh, you know, it was honestly pretty refreshing. Uh, you know, I, we listened, you know, intently and, and heard what he said. But at the same time, there was some good news at the end of it. That uh, at this point, you know, we're not going on lockdown, and we're going to do our thing, and that's kind of what's going on. So, yeah, I mean, you know, until until we're told differently, well, of course, we will abide by by any law. But uh, we're going to do our thing, and and you're absolutely right you know we got to do what we do and he encouraged everybody to get outdoors so mark we've got to run but how can people find you yeah absolutely so you can find us on the web you can find us on one of our webs at uh, www.sunent.com or www.sunharleydavidson.com or you can find us uh you know right here at our physical location which is about 89th and washington street uh five acre campus uh gigantic complex can't miss us all right, my friend, stay safe. We will talk to you again soon. You too, guys. Thanks so much. You bet. That's Mark Mark Kite from Sun Power Sports. Right now, they're open for business. We will, we will keep in touch with all of our partners and keep you updated, including Colorado Parks and Wildlife and anything that affects the outdoors. We will try to post as much as we can to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. We'll take a quick time out, and Mr. Nate Zielinski will join us on 104.3 The Fan.